looking for for relationships outside of a church, I think we are probably looking for the wrong thing by start because we're we are trying to seek out something according to the secular order. And we're comfortable in that space. If we are saying that we're looking for somebody, say, different church, you know, of similar faith, then I think, you know, that that could be a very natural way for people to find a spouse. Um, sometimes in our own body, we are so familiar with one another that it can be difficult to imagine that person as a life partner. Um, but that kind of leads on to the second, I think there's a second part of the question about denominations. Anyone else? Eric, have you got something to say? Um, <clears throat> I um, think as a um, as a Christian, the Christian we as a Christian we want to um, conserve ourselves within ourselves and keep ourselves from. Um, influence of those who are not Christian. So to begin my thought with is um, where, where there is a outside there is um, sin and girls and boys who are not Christian are susceptible to doing wrong things. Um, we within the church we understand that it is sin and so to go out from amongst us and find a girlfriend or a boyfriend who is not of the same faith as us that will draw us naturally as a human being who has sin in us easily fall into sin because out there there is no constraint. The other person out there has already no constraint. They have no stop. They have no stops or pull. While you have, as a young boy or a young girl, you have a stop and a pull within safety of God. When you go out finding someone out there, you will be drawn into that pull. And so, therefore, it is safe to find a friend, boy or girl, within one. I think that, and I've had this conversation with a number of our young adults in the past, I think that one of the things that we find within uh, our, our Christian context, our, our church context, is that, Pastor Matt, sometimes people feel like it's more difficult and it's even frowned on to have a relationship in the church. And if I do, there's this huge amount of scrutiny within that. And so maybe maybe people feel like, well, it's easier to go outside of the church to have that relationship, and then hopefully I can pull someone into the church. Uh, you speak into that for a moment? Thanks, Phil. So as I saw the questions come in, that this question came up several times. Uh, why is it easier to find a relationship outside than it is to find in the church? 
And that told me uh, that that means that we have a culture that's being built within the church that's not intended to be built. The culture is, thou shalt not date. And so I want you to hear from your pastor, that's definitely not a culture we want to breed here. I want it to be well known that when a young man finds a young lady within our church body, that we're going to celebrate that. We're not going to push that apart. We're going to go, hey, they did it right. Uh, And so please don't think there is any kind of a uh, pushback. Now, there's right ways to do it. There's right boundaries. Um, but my goodness, there, would, there, there should definitely not be a frown from within the church body. In fact, the church body should celebrate that because the alternative is so much worse. Um, and so this is a glorious thing. It's not something for us to, not, not something for us to frown upon. Yeah, and, and I, I can add to what Pastor Matt's saying there. We often meet in a pastoral meeting type, type thing. And when these relationships come up, we're usually pretty excited about it. We like to see relationships from from within our body. That's an exciting thing. And we love you as young people or old people. We love you and we want to see you grow in your relationship with God together. It's just not something that is frowned on or or it shouldn't be approached as something that, wow, everybody's watching me now. Yeah, It should be, wow, everybody's watching me now and I can do this right. What about, let's, let's, the next question there as part of this is what about, Sarah sort of alluded to this, what if they're from a different denomination? Yeah, so um, it's a very interesting question. Um, so we, we've built it um, at two levels already. Um, outside the church and in the church. So this one is in, in the church. Um, so basically, uh, I'm a Baptist, and um, there's somebody that uh, is from a different um, church. And um, yeah. Now, we need to step back a little bit here and uh, reflect that some of the m- most complex and worst wars in the world have been fought over religion and over doctrinal differences. Um, sometimes Christian church against Christian church. Um, and so we should not be naive that some of those little things can also come within the home. Mm. Now, one of the things that I think has been clarified in the last two weeks is that um, the only reason why I'm dating someone is to marry them. Let's have that at the back of the mind, that um, I have this person that I am eyeing or I want to date, and they are coming from another church. So already there are differences around what is our doctrinal leaning, what is it that we believe in. Now, what influences things that I believe in? The first thing is family. Uh, One of the things that we see is where young people come from different churches. Um, Families are coming from different churches as well. They have got different doctrinal leanings. And then they come together as a couple. They start clashing on things as complex as how are the children going to be baptized. 
um, how is the process of cancelling going to look like? Uh, let's not even talk about uh, when the day, day of going to church is different. Uh, that's even more complex, you know. Those things that we believe in as different churches, yeah. already they begin to play out. That's the first thing. The second thing is ar around, you know, particularly now, uh, we live in an era where there's the polarity around things that we believe in is too wide. You know, when you sit in front of listen to preachers to content of the preaching the whole conversation just changes shape mm. you are bound to bring those differences around what you understand as the true gospel mm. what really governs decisions that we make in the home. And religion plays a huge influence around that. You know, mm. churches, some churches believe in um, family planning. Some churches don't believe in family planning. Yeah. Some churches believe in, I mean, there are so things as complex as diet and food and choice. Um, access to health and, and, and choices about health are not it's all those things that are so different. And so, when Pastor was talking about the, the, the how many questions? 70 questions did you say? I'd, I'd assume those are some of the 70 questions. So, so for me, when those, when, when two people come and they come from two different churches, especially those that are on different of doctrinal I see a bit of red. There has to be reconciliation of that before anything happens going further. Thanks. Yeah. Anyone else want to speak to that? Hello? Um, I just thought of 2 Corinthians 6.14, and you in yourself together with unbelievers. And um, for me, like growing up in church, we have those principles of um, being having a relationship within the church and um, you trying to have a relationship with another um, like it says Seventh-day Adventist or another de denomination you will have different beliefs because how you grew up in church and what you learn from your uh, from the preaching and teachings that you grow up with and then going into a relationship that's outside, you just think of how you're gonna be in your, you know, getting married or dating. So my, um, I just quoted that Second Corinthians six fourteen. I'll, I'll keep this quick. <laughs> Two things came to mind. Uh, one of which is within our own church body, even if we meet within our own church body or meet somebody else that is currently attending a Baptist church, um, most people have come from some other. So whether that's culturally differences within their home environment, whether that's a cultural difference within their church previous to the church they're now sitting under, 
we carry pieces of that with us as we move in. And so, firstly, what Pastor said about, you know, does that person show fruit of true faith? If you can tick that box, then moving on into do we have any areas that we can't reconcile, um, that we have really different beliefs on? And these might be more um, not biblical things, but maybe more like church culture things. That be the right way to say. Um, I mean, I married somebody of a different culture, not necessarily a different church culture, but um, uh, we've had to come to terms and, and make decisions for our own family. Um, I think Capital City Baptist Church is a very unique church in that we are a little bit of a melting pot, um, more so than some of the other Baptist churches in Fort Moresby. So here in particular, I think we see that where people are coming from other backgrounds um, and as they come together uh, and want to date, um, they, they should expect that there's probably some things in their, in their history um, that they carry with them and that they hold close to them. And whether those are things that the two of them can come to an agreement on, that's something we figured out. Okay, well, maybe we'll move on to the, to the next question here. And this one will be in a completely different direction. And uh, are you telling me to be quiet? Yeah. You want to speak on this one? Okay. I won't go to the next question then. Sorry, Chair. I just wanted to just say one thing in this. Um, if um, I think the question says, is if I'm in love with someone who's not a Christian and asks me to marry him, follow-up question to that is, your friend is from another denomination. That if you listen to the conversation being the discussion so far, they're talking about differences that exist, that already exist and you're coming into a relationship. I think that being that we have a really good tool place in the sense is uh, marriage counseling. Uh, <clears throat> usual for people to come into a marriage counseling and realize that it won't work. I think for this, I think it should be can we can pass around why it's not a good idea or why it may be a good idea. I think if you just get into a marriage counseling, which I think test the project, that we do have a marriage counseling. I think he has his decisions and it's seven hours, lots of work that you put into it, and churches from other churches. People that go into marriage counseling have come up with this. Man, I thought I knew this guy. Man, I thought this, I knew this thing. But I had no idea who this person is. And that, all of that comes out in marriage counseling. And you're in a very good place to go into marriage counseling. And this question, it just gets it within the confines. And you'll probably answer that question when you go into marriage counseling. Thank you. So let me go in a different direction here. Um, I've been dating for a, a fair period of time now, Pastor Matt spoke about this morning, but we're not yet married. He's abusive. How do I deal with that? I, I'm afraid that he's going to hurt me. I'm afraid that that's going to continue to escalate as, as, we, as we get married. How do I deal with that? 
I think Pastor covered this well in the message that uh, in a day in which you have no covenant with this person, and it's time to walk away. Um, and I think a lot of the red flags that Pastor spoke of, and he didn't want to go into depth on uh, emotional and, and uh, verbal abuse, but a lot of the red flags about um, unusually high levels of jealousy, things like that, these are red flags very well documented towards physical abuse later in the relationship. Uh, um, and I think I'll just add to that from being on the other side of having never experienced physical abuse myself, but having had many uh, close female relationships where they've gone through this path. Um, I would just add to that that there is, there is something that develops in these relationships that brings people back to them. So I would really encourage our parents to guard your children against these kind of warning signs um, and to protect them because, especially when they're young, this is developing in their mind how a relationship should look. A man that will eventually hit his wife or physically abuse his girlfriend is likely going to be very demanding of time, not want her to be apart, not want her to have privacy, um, very jealous of her time, and he's also going to have positives that she's going to find attractive, because you would think, why does somebody ever want to be in this relationship? She's going to be drawn to the fact that he doesn't want anybody but her. He would die if he can't have her, okay? Many of these things, they sound really appealing, and this is how this starts, Okay, this is where it begins, is this just obsession with the woman, with the girl, okay? It's very appealing to the woman. That is where it starts, and that is what she becomes accustomed to as something that is part of her natural cycle and what she wants in a relationship. So if you stay in that relationship too long, you can find yourself in a pattern where you continue to draw yourself for additional relationships. Okay, because you have to recognize that as love, and that is not love. Thank you. Um, we live in a culture where um, the man or the, the male is dominant. We have read news, we have heard and seen on television how men or male has dominated um, the, the relationship between himself and his girlfriend, himself and his wife. Um, and we have seen that many girls have been killed by their partners. By their boyfriends, by their husbands. And we also believe in them. The sad thing about it is when the silence were there, she didn't walk away. For girls, please be able the signs of the red flags are there. 
And Pastor has touched on those. When you are dating, he has no right whatsoever to lay a hand on you. No right. If he does, walk away. Walk away. He has no right as husband to lay a hand on you. The word is abuse. There is a department in the police force that deals with this. Abuse in religion. You need to know that. You need to walk to that office. Seek help. They can see how to charge that person and him in jail. Abuse. So if a man touches you, even if it happens, he touches you, punches you, or slaps you in the face, both of us, and everyone else, it's abuse. Young people, if a boyfriend abuses you, take it. Come get Pastor Matt. Come get Matthew. Come get me. We go to the police station. It's an abuse. Because if you don't, you'll be at the end of a road in your room and you're there. That's where many of them go. Very sad. If you don't, you'll be in the news. Dead because someone tied you to the bed, abused you and killed you, and then he walked away free. Yeah, people, listen. Listen carefully. Listen. We care about you. Testament has power. Pastor has power. That is why we are having this discussion. Maybe uh, for our last one and then I'll jump in. Maybe I'll, I'll broaden that out a little bit further, Pastor Man. This is potentially a little bit more sensitive. What about the topic of uh, inside of marriage there being discipline between the husband and wife? Um, so, uh, as you know, as we can see, we, we come from, my family and I come from Africa, and um, we, in Babu, we interact a lot with mice and baboons, and um, there's, there's, there's a joke, it's, it's sort of a saying and a joke in my, 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 my book that um, even if you get a monkey or a baboon and dress them up in a suit and a tie, they'll still be very powerful. Uh, that baboon will never be a person. It will remain a baboon. Now, um, basically, a leopard never changes its spots. It will remain a leopard. In fact, the spots will grow bigger. Uh, when the signs are there, the signs are real. So, one of the things, and it's a fallacy that I hear from young people, uh, particularly as I've interacted with um, young girls, is that uh, I can see this, but I will pray and it will change. Mm. Uh, that doesn't happen, because if it was happening, and if it happened often, I think the 15, 20 things that my wife thought that I would change when we married 15 years ago, they would have changed, but they have not. And, uh, so that just tells you that if a person doesn't change in their parents' home, 
you have less chances of changing them in your own home when you get married to them. So when you see somebody, you know, the whole act of somebody getting physical to somebody who is not their child, who is not their sister, who is not their sibling, uh, the whole process of getting somebody to the point that uh, you have them is a very complicated process many times. It means that somebody is so sold out to do that even much more when they come into the confines of the home. So that, that would be my position on, uh, on, uh, on, on violence within relationships. And also confirm if you have been beaten in the last years. <laughs> <laughs> just, just mute that mic, will you, please? No. <laughs> just a confirmation. I would say I am very lucky. I've never had such kind of a case where you would. Raising his hand, um, it's 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 one of my 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 prayer, which I prayed for, for to God to give me someone who doesn't take beer, someone who is not physically abusive. Those are the answered prayers that I've seen in him. Then I just wanted to talk much on um, on the physical abuse while dating. Uh, if build their relationships on those principles, so we shouldn't uh, take it. Sometimes they will be taking it as it's a sign of love. If he doesn't be to then he's, he doesn't love you. Or if he's not jealous of you, then he doesn't love you. That is something that you should value in a different way. Beating and love will end up hating yourself. Emotionally, where when the emotional damage is there, then the implications might be for long term. You fail to function well in society. Sometimes you need to think properly and do things in the right way because of the emotional abuse that has been going on. So let's guide ourselves very well. If we need a period of time that we are dating, we are getting to know someone who. Who build a home with someone who will be more than uh, a spouse, but an, an additional member of the family. So let's uh, guard ourselves very well. And most of the time, find it's us women because we are treated as a weaker sex. So we we'll do, we'll, 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 we'll tolerate that within the period of time when we are dating. But if we put boundaries to that, then we are also building ourselves, we are building our emotional health. I had only been in the country for about two years when this became a major issue for us. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I've been here for 19 years now, and uh, we consider Papua New Guinea home now. Since I own nothing in America. This is our place. Uh, at two years in, I had a student who was studying to be a pastor, and 
And as soon as we were putting it on there, we were walking to the market together. We're walking back, and he asked me a question, and it has haunted me since that day. And the question was, can many people use this talking talk? Use a making one in. For those of you that don't speak pidgin, it would be when your wife disobeys you, how do you handle it? And the word for the word disobey did not settle well with me. Uh, because there's not a command in scripture for the wife to obey the husband. Submission is there. But Christ submitted to God. And that's the same picture. So the picture is God sends Christ to the cross. Christ in the garden says to the Father, not my will, but thine be done. That's submission. But never do you see the Father commanding the Son to do something. That's not a... That's what parents do with children, not husband and wife. And so, when I followed up with the question uh, with this young man studying to be a pastor, I explained to him, my children disobey, I apply discipline, I spank my children. When my wife and I don't agree, we sit down and we talk about it. Because in me loving my wife, I'm going to listen to her input. He stopped me there. I think you already know. You blow like mine. Yeah, you blow like a ting ting. But you blow the fast and blue blood. I just spanked my wife. I pity her. We are commanded. Here's Romans 12. When I get back on stage, I plan on being dive into Romans 12. I've promised this for a long time. We'll be there. It's a practical alpha of the gospel changes in lives. This is Romans 12, verse 10. Think of this in your marriage relationship. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. If there's anybody in the world that you should have a really good relationship with, it should be your spouse. If they're your best friend in the world, you're going to have the best relationship with them. So how do you have a really good relationship? In honor, preferring one another. You know what preferring looks like, right? Not what I want. I want what you want. How about if an argument flowed out of, I wish that you would do what you wanted to do so that I could follow along, and the other one said, no, no, I want you to, I want you to be, I'm going to prefer you. Could you imagine an argument that circle around and I want what you want? But usually the arguments circle around, I want what I want. That's called selfishness. And that's where those things are rooted in. And so when a man says, well, this is my culture, guys, I know that I'm pushing back here, but I think I've been here long enough to be able to say it. When a man says, well, this is my culture, he's making an excuse for his fleshly desires. So let us be men of the word. And perhaps that means that I need to sit down with somebody, a pastor, a counselor, and work through why is it I'm so angry? Why is it that I keep having these problems? That can be identified. There's a lot of help to be had there. Um, but I, I see no place in Scripture to get to the heart of that question. Disciplining me, 
I see no place in Scripture for that to, to even exist. Um, and, and so a guy that's coming into a dating relationship with that in mind, and that's how he sees a dating relationship, young ladies, flee that one. Find a different one. God's got a better one for you. All right, well, we've got time for probably another two questions. Um, and I might t- change directions a little bit here. People say, when you know, you know. How do I know that I know that you know that I know? How, how do we know that it's meant to be us? How do we know? Well, we know that we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know a person overnight. Uh, you don't. You don't just ask that lady or that man, and and then you already know. You will need to. That person and get to know that person really well, to know him well or her well. For you to have that relationship, to be open and have Christ to be the center of your friendship. If he or she is always having excuses, like for example, you have your friend and you have a day, I mean, you have time to pray together or, you know, have a share scripture with, and he always or she always comes up with an excuse. That you should know, you should already know. And you have to be the right one. Like Pastor always say, that person has to be the right one. Um, I'm just going to put something out here that my dad told me when I was engaged here. Uh, and it was probably sounds really odd, but uh, <laughs> it's just really gregarious, if you know what that word is. Uh, he's out there. He's, you know, he was always embarrassing us, embarrassing us as youth and whatever, you know. He's just really out there and, and outgoing and um, has a strong faith. And he and my mother have been married since they were 18 years old. Um, and they're happily married. But he said to me when I was engaged, he said, I don't believe that your mother is the only person that I could have. And that sounded kind of odd to me, although I had never really thought about it. But I think what my, what my father was trying to tell me is that marriage takes work. And that no matter when you are in marriage, you may come to each other. If you think that there is only one person on this planet that is right for you, 
and now it's not going well, you think, maybe I didn't find the right one. And you're willing to throw the whole thing out because that's in some ways what the world tells us, that we have this one person that's out there for us. But scripture tells us love is patient, love is kind, love forgives, all these things, right? Love is work. Um, so I think in my dad's own way, he was trying to say to me, you know, we choose our partner and we do our best through courtship to make our choice, but we can never know everything about this person. And this person's going to change and you're going to change for good and for bad. You're going to keep changing. <laughs> and you're going to keep having to stop and look at that person say, who is this person that I'm married to? And you're going to need to get to know them again. Right? Because we continue to change. And sometimes it's not a good thing, but they are your spouse. And they are a personality you've committed your life to. And you carry on in love. And you apply the biblical scripture. To it. So when you're looking at it from you'll know when you know, in the net of courtship, I think it's more you'll know when you don't. <laughs> if you don't know anymore whether that person is right for you, then it's probably time for you to stop this courtship. Uh, but if you go into marriage, expect that there's going to be time. We're just going to have to work through that and get to know uh, your person that you've covenanted with. Marriage. Again. I had a lot more hair when we got. Not really. No, not really. No. <laughs> Anybody else want to say anything on that? Eric? Not about my hair, but about the conversation. Thank you. Um, two things. One principle. Um, the question of the statement and uh, question of the if you know, you know, is a principle that has come up from humanity, principle that has been recently developed to, to divert young people's minds who are grinding each other with a mindful of a face. If someone asks you that, if you know, you know, that is the principle behind, if you know, you know. Um, the, our safety as a young person in this church, as a young, young married person, is in Christ. That is our safety. Um, a love of truth. Paul is a, is a, is a marriage person, he speaks about marriage. Us um, men has introduced Paul to them. Many of us here, and in Paul Tree's words, you're a sinner. And when you go into a marriage, you are married a sinner. So when you are in that relationship, you and that person next to you are both sinners. That, that's the baseline. And so in a marriage, in a marriage setting, when you are already married, you are both, both sinners. If you are Christians, both of you are Christians, 
it's easier to work out the sin or the wrongs in our life because we're about Christian. But for young people, for your benefit, is if you marry an unsafe parent, you don't have the benefit of ironing out the issue because you're both sinners. Your spouse and the other person who is not saved, who is not a Christian. And a sinner will dominate that influence of that conversation. But they want to marry, and you want to gossip. So, for the benefit of you young people, the use of this church, the the heart we have for you is please choose the right one. If it's not in this church, it's better in a Christian church, out of this church. But we have Pastor here. If we make a choice, we speak to Pastor Man. This is the reason why we're here in this town. It's for your sake. We want you to do the right choices. And so, like I said before, I'm sitting in, this pastor has heart right there. He loves you. He loves you, young people, so that you can make the right choices. Now, culturally, I am a, um, from Carolina, Miss Rigo, that's me. My wife is from Harvard and Manus. Alright? We both we are children who are multicultural. They understand so many things from each of these cultures. And it affects how they move and think. And so you as a Christian in this church, you have that same issue and problems. Why? Because Many of those, 90% of the time, are against God's word. Are against God's word. I can tell you this because I know. Things that God says in so many times, so much percentage are against my culture. Who do I follow? I follow God, not my culture. I can make God's word my culture in my house. I can do that. But I will I should not influence my culture to be my culture in my own. And so you have the privilege. God giving you that privilege today to listen to this to us so that you can make those right choices. And only those that are righteous will only come when a person who has been saved and born again. Answer God's word, see as you like. I love Pastor And after my wife and I, my family, we we both got married as Baptists 26 years ago. And uh, our family grew up in that setting. But it is only seven years ago. I realized that we were leaning more towards something else and not God's word. 
and so on. We must make sure we have come this far in our understanding that God's word implemented in our lives brings a good food in our life. And so I again encourage you, all right? I encourage you, young people, please find help. Seek help. Come to pastor. And you can be helped. Avoid the unnecessary crying in the future. Help. Let's talk. Thank you. Um, so the question is, how do I know that I know? That I know. Um, you know, if you give me 20 in an hour, and you told me go to the market and buy food, you just need food. I'll come back with the food. Because you told me to go and buy food. So expect me to come back with whatever sort of food you eat is African food. And, yeah. Now, when you describe the food, you give me standards. You tell me, go and buy food. It should look like this. You should describe the test. And uh, I'll come back with the food that you ask. So in, in, in the work that I do uh, in development, when there's one called indicators. So indicators basically define or explain exactly how a project, a successful project looks like. Or how I know that this project is successful or not. One of the things I think that stood out in the sermon from Pastor Mark this morning, and I've never heard it anyway, by the way, Pastor Mark, was where he said, when you start looking for a spouse, look at yourself first before you look. You, you give that standard that is outward. My understanding of that explanation is you need to look at yourself and understand what is your standing in Christ. Because when you do that, it will define what indicators you are going to look for externally in another person. Okay? So you can only know when you have got a definition of the indicators of the person that you are looking for. Now, when you start looking for those in the I, I feel, I, was telling, I always tell my, my, my sons um, that I feel sad for this generation because they are daily bombarded by advertising. And in many cases, the definition of the, the, the you know, what a spouse looks like is on the standards of advertising. To an extent that, um, you know, that you can, you, the boys can even picture and draw how a wife looks like. Now, who draws a wife in a picture? Think bigger. It's because the definition for them is very physical. It is less about other indicators. So when you know exactly what you want to know, you need to know it. And it needs to be somewhere. It needs to be, this is what I want in my spouse. And this is what I'm going to look for. You will not find the 100% because we live in a different world. A very imperfect world. But at least if we, a lot of what you have put and defined is based in scripture. And I find problems for teen, 
I mean, 12 to 14, around, you know, what is it that a man should look like? You know, what is the behavior, the conduct of a man that is in this relationship? 